My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the All the Hard Things podcast. Today, I am inspired for this episode because I continue to ponder on my whole message, which is that it's important to do hard things. And as a therapist, I feel like I'm almost a business person in some sense. Like I have to sell people on this idea that it's good to do hard things and you can do hard things. And I work with people all the time who just don't buy into that idea. And sometimes I can get them there. Sometimes they're already there, which is really great. Um, but yeah, I'm just stuck in this kind of like business man mentality where I feel like I'm having to convince people that it's good to do hard things. Good things can come from hard things. And I, I know what that is about me. And I know what that is about other people who maybe don't feel that way. And that's called our, our problem orientation. So whether we have negative problem orientation or whether we have positive problem orientation. So I'm going to go over what negative problem orientation is today and also what positive problem orientation is and hopefully give you guys some practical tips to get you to come to the other side. <laughs> so if you have negative problem orientation, and if you, after this episode, you're like, yep, that's me for sure. I do not like problems. I think they're threatening. Then hopefully I can bring you over to my side a little bit and get you to where you have a more positive outlook on these issues. If you already have positive problem orientation, then rock on, like keep doing what you're doing. You'll still find this to be helpful because I think this ebbs and flows. I think dependent on the problem, dependent on how close it is to us, problem orientation can definitely ebb and flow and change. And, and so definitely something here for everybody today. So if you're a mom, these challenges or these problems could be temper tantrums or a decision you have to make or a guilt that you're carrying. If you're someone in therapy or in treatment, this could be having a really bad day or not being able to complete all the things you need to, or just generally feeling hopeless about things. That happens a lot too. Like I had a really awful day. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And me having positive problem orientation, I'm like, there's so much to be learned here. Let's dive in. Um, if you're a therapist, you, you could be dealing with a lot of burnout. Um, and if you're anything like me as a therapist, again, you're having to kind of like 
play that businessman role a little bit and convince people and remind people of the benefits of doing these hard things. For anyone else, though, you know, problem orientation is going to come up in the form of relationship issues, how you approach the upcoming election, the pandemic we're in, the fact that your bank account is running low and you have all these bills that you need to pay, the fact that you have a recipe and you need an ingredient that you forgot at the store. Like, there are so many ways that problems and challenges come up in our day-to-day lives. And I guess that's kind of the point that I'm getting at, which is big or small, these challenges aren't going anywhere. As long as we want to lead fulfilling and thorough and invigorating lives, then these hard things aren't going anywhere. There are going to be problems and challenges that we need to face. And really how we approach them has everything to do with our mindset about them. So like I said, I'm going to talk to you about kind of negative problem orientation, positive problem orientation. Um, And I'm actually going to be following this up with another episode. So maybe like a sister episode on how to problem solve. So once you've kind of gotten into the right mindset, how do you problem solve a little bit more effectively? And so stay tuned to that episode. Hopefully that will be the next one um, that I get coming your way. So first things first, negative problem orientation is, again, this construct that explains that some people have negative beliefs and generally greater emotional reactions to the idea or concept of problem solving or being presented with a challenge. So if you have negative problem orientation, you're going to interpret problems or challenges as being a threat to your well-being. You're going to, you know, get that news that there's this problem or this challenge and you're going to get that pit in your stomach. You're going to also doubt your ability to follow through with the problem. You're going to doubt your ability to solve the problem. You're going to doubt if you do solve it, that it's going to be the right way or the most effective way. You're pessimistic about the outcome. So again, you're just really down on yourself and the whole aspect of it being a challenge in the first place. If you have negative problem orientation, you're going to become more overwhelmed more easily when it comes to solving the issue or trying to solve the issue. You may also avoid or postpone situations that call for difficulty or are anticipated to be hard. So I don't know, trying to think of an example, maybe a job promotion. Maybe there's a new position in your workplace and you've always wanted it, but you're like, no, 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 that's going to be difficult. Um, that position comes with a lot of new responsibilities, then I'm going to have to do this and I'm going to have to figure out my schedule with my husband. Like you just avoid and, and get yourself out of situations that may be difficult or are anticipated to be hard. You feel like you're not capable. So you might drop out of a, of a task that's called to be anxiety provoking or problematic. You might actually just like put it off on someone else altogether, have them do it for you. Um, maybe resenting issues in general. You might feel like, you know, the world is out to get you. And why does the world have to be so difficult in the first place? Um, feeling distressed and discouraged, all that stuff. So the three beliefs that are the most common when it comes to negative problem orientation is one, I don't know how to solve problems. Two, problems are a threat. And three, even if I attempt to solve the problem, it's not going to work out. So that's compared with positive problem orientation, which is really proactive, pretty much the opposite of everything that we talked about with negative problem orientation. 
So if you have positive problem orientation, you feel realistic and optimistic and confident in your skills to manage and minimize additional issues. You are committed to getting through the problem. You take an initiative. You take action right away. You're inspired to handle things independently before having someone else jump in and do it for you. Um, you'd rather be supported than accommodated. You may even seek out additional difficulties or challenges that are good for you. Like I call myself a challenge junkie. Like I'm always that person who's like trying to do, I don't know, like something competitive at work or you know, at work we would do like a 10,000 step challenge or whatever. And it's just, it's fun stuff. It's fun stuff. Um, so we really enjoy the thrill of kind of doing this difficult thing and learning what there is to be learned and coming out the other side. So what's interesting here, and you'll have to obviously weigh the two, like ask yourself more generally, which one do you think you are? The interesting thing is that research shows that those who have negative problem orientation and those who have positive problem orientation they're actually just as good at problem solving. So their orientation to problems, their approach about it has nothing to do, it has no outcome or it has nothing to do with them, their ability to actually solve the problem. It's just that the people with the positive problem orientation, they put these themselves in these situations more. They persist through rather than the others who avoid and resist the situations. So especially in this case, as you get more practice with practice and practice and practice, you get better at things like problem solving and assertive communication and asking for help. So absolutely no difference in their actual abilities to solve the problems. It's just that people who have negative problem orientation resist these abilities and they don't use or try to access these problem solving skills like the people who have positive problem solving orientation because they are using these skills, they are accessing them and they're able to practice them because they put themselves in those situations. So negative problem orientation is tricky because it helps to maintain worry. So if you are someone who worries a lot, possible probably that you have some negative problem orientation. So imagine the worry that comes with these mindsets of negative problem orientation, right? Like you doubt your abilities, you doubt the outcome, you're scared and see them as a threat. Um, so yeah, so you just assume that it's going to be this insurmountable thing and it makes sense why you would worry a lot about that. So some consequences of negative problem orientation, other than it just making you feel like crap and, you know, decreasing your ability to get better. There are emotional consequences to having this attitude, cognitive consequences, and also behavioral consequences. So as far as the emotional consequences go, when you're presented with the problem, you obviously have a lot of anxiety. You feel frustrated. You may feel mad or sad or hopeless. You may lash out at others or cry easily. So lots of things can happen here on the more emotional side, and it may even affect you as, as far as your body goes. So you may have a headache or nausea or all those other things that are associated with that really intense emotional distress. As far as cognitive consequences of this, you're, like I said, definitely going to worry more because you continue this reinforcement of the idea that you can't solve the problem. So every time you avoid a problem or avoid a challenging situation or procrastinate or put it off, 
consciously or not, you are reinforcing the idea that this is worthwhile, that I can't handle this. It's legitimate for me to be avoiding. Thank goodness I kept putting it off and kept putting it off. So you're making it harder and harder for the next time. And as far as behavioral consequences go, obviously the avoidance is huge. The procrastination is going to happen. You put it off and you put it off because you don't think you can handle it and you see it as a threat. So you may turn to others to have them solve the problem for you, which is also a huge problem because, again, it's not giving you the practice practically to be able to build that confidence, to be able to build your self-efficacy and to be able to build problem solving abilities, right? So you're also going to get that instant relief of, oh my gosh, thank goodness this person took care of this for me. I don't have to deal with it anymore. And you're going to reinforce again this idea that, thank goodness, because I wouldn't have been able to do it myself. I would have never been able to solve the issue like that other person did. I'm so excited to share with you guys a planner that I've had for months now. And now I have an absolutely incredible offer so that you can enjoy it with me. I've tried yearly planners, blank diaries, and everything in between, all the way from back when I was in high school. Silk and Sonder is the perfect planner that I've been waiting for for years. Silk and Sonder is a self-care monthly planner and journal subscription service, including monthly, weekly, and daily planning pages, plus activities that change each month and are targeted to help with your self-care. You'll get coloring pages, recipes, habit trackers, journaling prompts, and more. Silk and Sonder offers monthly, quarterly, annual, and gift subscriptions. It's the first ever monthly planning experience aimed to empower you to live the life that you've always wanted. Inspired by a new theme each month, they hand curate, design, and deliver each issue straight to your doorstep. You'll love each month's blend of productivity and planning, introspection and mindfulness, and lifestyle content. I've been using mine for months, and I'll honestly never go back to a regular planner ever again. For 25% off your order, head to my website at jennaoverbod.com and click on deals. A couple of ways that you can address those issues to hopefully try to alter your beliefs to be more positive. So as I've mentioned, if you are a positive problem orientation person, keep up these skills, keep up these practices that I'm about to mention because it'll help you sustain that positive problem orientation and hopefully will even inspire you to take on more challenges that are healthy and functional for you. Um, If you are one of those individuals who identifies more with the negative problem orientation, then these are definitely things that you can start doing today with your next problem or challenge that you're facing to try to alter your perceptions of that so that hopefully you can start to have a more functional relationship with challenges and to hopefully build that confidence in yourself. So as far as the emotional side to things, sometimes it helps to just label what it is that you're experiencing. That way you can kind of have some space in between this quote unquote threatening thing and and just call it as it is. So identifying that you're feeling anxious, that you have to ask this question to an authority figure. I'm feeling really anxious right now that I have to go and ask this question. Um, Identifying that you're frustrated that HR messed up your pay stub. Pay stub. I'm feeling really frustrated right now because HR messed up my pay stub and now I have to do X, Y, and Z. As far as the cognitive um, kind of practices that you can do to start feeling better about this is trying to view problems as normal. 
So just normalizing the whole issue of problems in the first place, right? So knowing that they're not personal to you, there's nothing wrong with you necessarily. Problems are things that we all have to deal with and they're not going away. So as long as we want to continue to live normal and functional and invigorating lives, as long as you hold these negative views, you're just going to maintain your problems and it's going to maintain your worry about the issues in the long run. So instead of viewing problems and challenges as threatening or dangerous or problematic, ask yourself, is there a way to view this situation as more of an opportunity? So for instance, I tend, and I used to struggle with it way more because I used to have negative problem orientation with it. And now I've challenged myself to have more positive orientation towards it. So I struggle when my son has his tantrums. So every time he tantrums, I used to get really emotional about it. I used to doubt my ability to help him through it. I used to dread them and see it as like threatening to me and to him. Now that I've learned some skills and that I've opened myself up and worked on it myself, every time he tantrums now, it still is a little bit uncomfortable. I like no one would would like to or prefer that versus, you know, a more pleasant interaction with a toddler. But every time he tantrums now, I try to ask myself, is there something I can learn here? And I have to see it as an opportunity to work on my skills, you know, comforting him and just allowing him to and hearing him. And instead of trying to immediately get him to stop or instead of trying to, you know, put him off on my husband because I can't handle it. It's a time for me to work on my own skills and put my efforts on trying to support him during that hard time. So instead of viewing it as this threatening thing, I try now to see it as a as a challenge and an opportunity for me to put my skills into work. So it's important to know that some problems also take time. So just because you start to solve a problem and it's not right the first time, or you're having a hard time coming up with inspiration to how to solve it, or you just need to think about it a little bit, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong or that you can't do it. So some problems just take time, especially the more complex ones, especially if you're super anxious about solving the problem, right? Like if you're super down on yourself about solving it, it's going to take you a little bit of time to to focus and get there. So be more patient with yourself and give yourself a little bit more grace. It's going to be critical during some of the issues that you experience so that you can move forward and just have more confidence in yourself overall. And last piece here, behavioral. So obviously wanting to have you try things out on your own before you have someone do it for you. Trying very, very, very hard not to just have someone take over 100% and do things for you. Also trying to make sure that you're taking care of the issue as soon as you can and not allowing it to bubble up and bubble up and bubble up and be avoided and procrastinated because then it's going to turn into crisis mode. So we all know what happens when we don't do anything about our problems, right? They usually don't just go away. They usually get worse and worse and worse. So it's important that you handle the problem as soon as you can and as soon as you are practically able to apply yourself and work through it versus allowing it to be procrastinated and avoided and turn into a crisis. It's also important to note that you may not feel that motivated to solve the problem at first. So being motivated isn't necessary for you to get started in taking some action. 
I think a lot of times people use this as avoidance, whether they're conscious of it or not. So saying like that they just need to get in the right headspace or they need to be inspired first or they need to, you know, get up their motivation first before they take action. And that's not true. So don't let yourself feel fall for the trick of needing to feel inspired and needing to feel super motivated before you can get started because that might never happen. So get started on something small, on some, take some small action that you can towards whatever this issue is. And you'll probably find that your motivation follows, that your motivation will actually increase following your decision to get started. Research shows that motivation often follows action. So again, you don't need necessarily need to be motivated or in this super high quality inspired headspace to take action. You sometimes just have to take action. So going to leave you with six bullet points here, six like practical things. Some of them are adjusted from above. Some of them are just more specific suggestions from above, but six things that you can do to start applying yourself in a more positive way to these challenging and problem type situations. So number one, know that problems that you don't deal with are going to grow and become crisis situations. Then it's really going to become something that you absolutely have to navigate. And then you're putting yourself in a situation where you have to like rally and get something together really quickly. And that's probably not going to be the best solution, right? So, um, Don't want to get yourself into a situation where you've waited and waited. It's now crisis mode and you have to just rally and throw something together really haphazardly. Not a good situation for your confidence or for the problem that you're trying to solve. Your best bet is really trying to solve the problem first and foremost and just nip it in the bud. Number two, action. Take action. So know that you can do this before you feel inspired and motivated. You do not have to feel inspired or motivated to start taking action. This is going to lead to potential procrastination and avoidance. So just try to start somewhere. Number three, know that problems are normal. So again, it's not necessarily you that's having so many problems. It's just the way that things are sometimes. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from Glennon Doyle. Just finished Untamed a couple months ago and it changed my life. It was incredible. And one of the quotes in there is, being human is not hard because you're doing it wrong. It's hard because you're doing it right. And I 100% believe that. I think that is absolutely perfect for this podcast episode. So again, in order to thrive in your life and to live the way that you want to live, you're going to have to be vulnerable and put yourself up to some problems. You're going to have to put yourself against some problems and some difficult situations. So know that when you experience these problems, it's not necessarily because there's something wrong with you. In fact, I think it represents the fact that you're living and that you're putting yourself out there, that you're doing something challenging and you're opening yourself up to growth. And that's incredible. Four, know that problems don't necessarily need or can be solved quickly and easily. So especially us instant gratification people, aka me, we feel like I got to get this figured out right away. I got to go, go, go. And that's just sometimes not possible or indicative at all of your ability. So don't think that if you can't fix it quickly or easily, then there's an issue with you or an issue with the problem. Um, Sometimes problems are just complex and sometimes it takes you a while to pivot and get the answers that you need. 
So definitely be patient in these situations and just make sure that you're allowing yourself some grace as you try to think it out and and let your answers come. Five, instead of thinking of all the things that could go wrong, which is obviously worry-based and going to get you down that rabbit hole of worry and rumination, try to consider and open your mind to all the things that could go right. So actively ask yourself, like, if there's a, is there a way that this could work out? Like, what would it look like if it actually worked out? What, what might it look like if it actually works out better than I even anticipated, right? It could always be better and it probably is going to be better than the worry that you have going on in your head. So encouraging yourself to keep going and and persevere. So knowing that that worry is, you know, just negatively tainting everything for you and that there are numerous other ways that this could go. And it's probably not going to be anywhere near as scary or as difficult or as bad as you think it's going to. And six, the last one here is to just weigh the short term versus the long term. So in the short term, you will feel better avoiding the issue. We That's why we do it all the time. That's why it feels good to procrastinate things. Um, you're going to feel better handing it off to someone else or brushing it under the rug. But in the long term, as I've talked about, these cycles and these learning principles that take place over time, you're making it so much worse on yourself. In the long term, you're contributing to feeling more negative about problems. You're making yourself up. You're setting yourself up to feel less confident in your ability. You're not giving yourself the opportunity to practice these really important skills. So my advice here would be to take the short-term loss and let yourself do the difficult thing so that you can have that practice, so that you can have that corrective learning experience and go on to live a healthier and more functional life and have a more functional relationship with problems. Because like we talked about, they're not going anywhere anytime soon, right? So with that said, negative problem orientation is nasty because it leads to and perpetuates so much worry. It's a really nasty cycle. And the the worst part here is that I think it gets to your self-confidence. It gets to your self-efficacy where you feel like I can't, like I'm, there's something wrong with me. I can't do it. And it's just such a huge contributor to people feeling down on themselves and down on their abilities. And like I said, in order to increase and improve that self-efficacy, you're going to have to do the hard things. <laughs> you have to show yourself that you can do it. You have to get started somewhere. So I hope these practical tips were helpful. If I were to take anything away from this episode, it would be to really ask yourself where you're at, where when it comes to problem orientation, are you more negative or are you more positive? If you're positive, that's awesome. Keep it up and continue to be inspired to know that the next problem coming your way is going to be met with tenacity and it's an opportunity for growth and you can do it. If you're on the more negative end of the spectrum, then try to consider the short-term benefit versus the long-term benefits. And now that we've normalized some of these issues too, meaning it's not just about you and there are you know, ways to solve problems that aren't necessarily super quick fixes. Um, just know that it's not necessarily about you. It's, it's just the way that life is and all those other practical tips too. I hope that they serve you in some way. With that said too, please reach out and give me some feedback. It's really strange to be doing this because I have so much fun doing this. I'm just here riffing it in my office. Um, 
I have no idea who I'm talking to. So it's been really fun lately. I love it. Like makes my whole day when someone tags me on Instagram or like shares me on Instagram, not because of the sharing, like that's fine. You can always DM me too. Um, but it's just really cool to know like where you're listening to me. I, every time someone like sends me a screenshot or something, I'm like, I can't believe you're listening to me in the car. Like that's so just very strange to me, but I'm super giddy about it. I love this. I have so much fun with it. So definitely let me know, share your thoughts with me on social media. I'm on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh. Love the feedback. I love talking to you guys. Thank you so much. And like I said, I will be coming up soon with another problem solving episode, hopefully coming right up after this one. So stay tuned for that one. Until next time, keep doing all the hard things. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.